on. Let's lift up the name of Jesus Christ. There is none other in heaven or on earth. Welcome to another episode of Hope in Christ with Denise. Here on Kingdom Influencers Broadcast, where we place our hope in the only hope there is. Christ our Lord. Welcome, 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 welcome back to Hope in Christ with Denise here on Kingdom Influences Broadcast. I am your host, Pastor Denise, and I'm back today with another devotional, and we're going to be talking about a pure heart, having a pure heart. Let's open with a word of prayer, and then we'll begin today's show. Father, we thank you. We praise your name. We magnify you, O God, for you alone are the living one. Father, we pray and ask, O God, that those that are listening to this broadcast, to this show, today's show about pure heart, that they would surrender all. Surrender all so that you, like King David, cried out to you, would give them and create in them a clean heart. Help us, O God, to come to you boldly purely with everything that's in us, O oh God, knowing that only you can fix it. Father, we bless you and we magnify you. We pray, O oh God, that you would open ears, open eyes, remove stony places of our heart, that we may hear your voice and that we may worship you and we may not sin against you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Again, thank you all for tuning in to Hope in Christ with Denise here on Kingdom Influences Broadcast. We are back today to talk about, um, it is a scripture based from 1 Timothy 1 and 5, talking about the pure heart. And so in 1 Timothy 1 and 5, it says, now the purpose of the commandment is love from a pure heart from a good conscience and from a sincere faith or from sincere faith, not a sincere faith because that means that you can have faith in something else, but sincere faith, making it solid. So, again, it says, now the purpose of the commandment is love from a pure heart, from a good conscience, and from a from the from sincere faith, and so this particular scripture, I've read it before. We talked about it before, but I want to zoom in on the pure heart. Um, the scripture is Apostle Paul speaking to Timothy, speaking about the structure of ministers and what ministers should be doing, and how ministers are to minister. And this scripture is. Focusing in on saying that we are to, the commandment is to love from a pure heart, from a good conscience, and from a sincere faith. So, but we're going to start with pure heart. And so when I was reading over this, and I read it over and over and over, and, and in the context of the rest of the scripture talks about, again, it's focusing in on leaders. So the, the rest of it says, for some straying from these things have turned aside to fruitless discussions. So it's talking about how they're teaching, how they're ministering the word of God, wanting to be teachers of the law, even though they do not understand what they are saying or the matters about which they make 
confident assurance um, or assertions, I'm sorry. And then the complete Jewish Bible says, stop devoting their attention to myths and never-ending genealogies that divert people to speculation instead of doing God's work. Promote love from a clean heart, a good conscience, and a sincere trust. So this is talking about, when I read that, and I read it in a different version, I felt in my heart, in my spirit, that this scripture is really talking about how we feel, not how we feel, but our relationship with God. Is Christ Lord of our life? And do we love God? Because the pure heart and all of that, we can't minister from a pure heart except God does the work in us, except we surrender, except we walk in relationship, and Christ becomes the Lord of our lives, and we allow him to do the work. And so let's look at the definitions. So I, brought, I, I love those, those of you that have been listening. You know that I'm an English teacher, and I love definitions because, to me, definitions enhance what you're reading and what you're learning. So the word pure, it means free from corrupt desire, chaste, pruned, free from obscenity. So it says to love from a pure heart. What is pure again? Free to love from a um, free from corrupt desire, chastened, pruned, and free from obscenity. So all the junk has to get out. So that's what pure means. And then heart. Hmm. A lot of times we don't think about looking up the definition of heart. Well, in scripture. It's important to look up heart. And so the definition of heart, thoughts, feelings, center and seat of spiritual life, understanding. Again, thoughts, feelings, center of, and seat of spiritual life and understanding. So in essence, it's saying you are to love with pure thoughts, chasing thoughts, Prune thoughts, thoughts that are free from obscenities, thoughts that are not corrupt, right? That our heart has to be cleansed of all of the other stuff. It has to be free from those things, okay? And so pure heart, pure heart. So let's look at Matthew 5 and 8, some cross-reference scriptures. Matthew 5 and 8 says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. So when we read this, in essence it's saying, seemingly blessed or fortunate are the chastened, clean, blameless, unstained, without the guilt of anything in their heart, without obscenities. Remember we just talked about that. So blessed or fortunate are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. They shall behold. They shall look upon the living one. So 
one of my questions as I was studying this is why then is having a pure heart so important? Well, First Timothy 1 and 5 tells us that we cannot minister in pleasing God in the proper way to please God except our heart is cleansed, except the things are pruned and, and the obscenities are, are, are removed. So it's important because it's less are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. So all the thing, all the junk, all the unforgiveness, all of the things that the corrupt desires, the things I want to do my way and live it my way, and my heart is torn between that thing and God. I won't. I I think I want to live for God, but but this is more important. So I'm struggling with my heart being pure towards God. But guess what? King David answered the question for us. How does the other question, how do we clean our own heart? We can't. We can't. The word tells us that we are born in sin and shaped in iniquity. That, in other words, when we're born and as we grow older, we just automatically, we, we start doing things. We learn how to lie. We, we do these different things. And um, so we're born sinners. We're born in sin because our parents sin, their parents sin, and their parents sin, and so on and so forth. And so all the way back to Adam, remember? So the sin is our sin nature is already in us. And so... As we go through life, we begin to do things that are not pleasing to God, that pull us away from God, actually. And so um, King David, we know about King David when he sinned, and he had a man killed because of his, his desire for this man's wife. And, um, and so in Psalm 51 and 10, King David simply says to God, he's crying out to God, he's saying, create in me a clean heart, O God, O Elohim, and renew a right spirit within me. So he's saying, God, I need you to fix this. I have messed my life up. I have jacked up. I done sinned against you, Lord. And and so King David knew from his relationship, right, with God, he knew that to get to the blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. He knew that God needed to create in him a pure heart. He didn't say, God, help me to create in me a pure heart because it would never happen. He said, you Create in me a clean heart, O God, O Elohim, the living one, the existing one, the eternal God. Create in me a clean heart and renew, repair, rebuild, restore a right spirit within me. Because he knew that he, and on the way from being, you know, he was puffed up and he, he, he was dealing with some pride and all kind of lust and all kind of things that had come upon him. He had, he had indulged in. And so he knew that he had sinned against no one else but God. Yes, he sinned against the God, but ultimately 
overall, he sinned against God because we are created in God's image. And God said, be ye holy, for I am holy. He said, go forth and, and walk anew. He told Abraham, walk before me and be blameless, right? He told Noah, walk before me and be blameless. God gave commands all throughout Scripture saying to us, in other words, stay out of sin. Stay away from mess. So how do we, right, it says we have to, in 1 Timothy 1 and 5 again, it says we have to love from a pure heart. In order for us to love anybody else from a pure heart, we have to first love God from a pure heart. I read this over and over, and I kept saying, wait a minute, wait a minute. I know it's saying minister and loving people, seeing them the way God sees them, and, and loving from a pure heart those individuals. But where is my heart towards God? Because that's where it begins. Because, again, remember the scripture in 1 Timothy 1 and 5, it says, um, loving from a pure heart, a good conscience, and from sincere faith. So at some point, I had to come to faith truly in my heart. If it's not sincere, then it's religion. If I'm not walking in sincere faith, faith meaning I trust wholeheartedly, I have assurance, I have convictions, moral convictions in my heart, and I believe that God, every word of God is true, as the word says. I believe that God is the judge of my life and that he is going to hold me accountable for me. So, sincere faith. I'm not playing, not being a hypocrite, not, not going to church, coming home. I, I, I grew up in that I grew up in that every time I see it, I cringe. Why? Because God didn't call us to religion. Jesus did not call us to religion. He called us to relationship. So before we can love with a pure heart, we have to first get to the loving of God with our heart, our pure, not allowing God to purify our heart. Like the son says, create in me a clean heart. So that I may worship you. Cast me not away from thy presence. Oh, Lord, don't take your spirit from me. That song, someone made a song out of it, but it's also a psalm, P-S-A-L-M. It's a psalm. It said, creating me, as the songwriter says. The songwriter and the psalm writer says, creating me a clean heart so that I may worship you, so that I may worship you. Because if my heart is not pure toward God, remember, free from corruptness, um, free from corrupt desire, chasing, prune, free from obscenities, those things that um, keep me from loving God with all of my heart, according to the book of Deuteronomy, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength, according to the word of God. Before I can do that, I must surrender. I must surrender and allow him to get rid of the obscenities and get rid of the, the corrupt desires. Allow him to um, cause me to repent like King David. King David knew he had messed up. He done killed the man. Because he wanted his wife, he lusted. He sinned, he sinned in God's sight. 
he sinned and he sinned against this marriage, the unity that God had put together, and he thought that because he was King David, I can do what I want to do. And so when the conviction came upon him, he surrendered by saying, create in me a clean heart. God fixed it. It's not that his heart wasn't already there because we can't look at it in the physical sense. He's talking about spiritually. It's not he has a heart. So what is he saying? He has a, a physical heart. So he's not saying, fix my heart, my heart is messed up. He's saying, spiritually, my thoughts, my feelings, the center, the seat of my spiritual life, my understanding, all of that is jacked up. Create in me, clean it, Lord, clean it up. Purify my heart, my thoughts, my feelings, my center and the seat of my spiritual life. Purify me. That's what King David was saying to God. And before God could step in to do just that, because we know that he was the word of God, tells us that King David was a man after God's own heart. So we know that he, he, he walked with God. But before God could step in and fix it, before God could step in and create in him a clean heart, he had to be willing to allow God to do it. So when I say, in order to purify our hearts, for God to purify our hearts, in order for us, as in First Timothy 1 and 5 says, that we must love from a pure heart, minister from a pure heart. We can't be wrestling in our thoughts about, is God really real? Well, um, or do I believe what this one person told me? So that's what this, this is talking about, the obscenities and the corrupt desires. It doesn't have to be sexual. It could be things that keep us from coming holy and wholeheartedly to God. It could be the wavering in our faith. It could be what somebody told us that, they philosophized about, and they believed this, and I've heard all kind of stuff. So it, in my, and remember, it talks about pure heart, good conscience, sincere faith. Pure heart, good conscience, sincere faith. We're talking about the pure heart right now. But it all has to go together because God cleanses my conscience, heals me, delivers me, set me free, and I faith from my experiences with God. See, King David's faith became sincere because he experienced God. He experienced God. He, he, he dealt with whatever consequences he had to deal with because of what he did. But he came to God. People were after him. They wanted to kill him. Right? But he came and he said, God created me a clean heart. And in other words, give me a spiritual transformation. Get the toxins out of me, the impurities, the sin, the lust, the desires that I feel like i got to have more than you. I remember, and I, and I probably shared this on my podcast before, just before we close out. My heart 
I was saved. I accepted Christ years ago. I was in my early 20s. And, um, but I cannot say that I had a pure heart towards God because my heart was torn between desiring to be a mother. And when I was in my 20s, I miscarried. And that, that catapulted my, me into just a whole other way of thinking. And so my heart was toward the desire to be a mother. And I knew that in my, in my, in my heart I believed that if I had this child, right, that then everything would be all right. Like my everything, all the brokenness, all the sin, all the other stuff, all the loneliness, the rejection, all of that, everything will be okay if I have this child because this child is going to love me, right? This child is going to love me and I'm going to love my child. I thought these things. And then I miscarried. And when I miscarried, again, it, I was broken. I went through bouts of depression. I was so broken. My heart was shattered. If I could say physically, um, in a sense, you see somebody's heart shattered. That's how I felt. I felt like my heart was shattered. And in this process, I'm saying this to say, in the process of the miscarriage and the walk to Christ, God began to show me my heart. He began to show me, and it wasn't necessarily like horrible things that I had done, but it was where I had created idols. I wanted that child to love me, so I made it an idol. I, I had created family members that I that idol worship where I, I needed them to accept me. I wanted love and, and and my heart was just torn up. It was all kind of obscenity and, and all kind of other sexual stuff and other all kind of things that I tried along the way. All of that was inside of me and God began to show me. And one day and I probably again I probably shared this one day um a young lady, a lady who was an evangelist, she said these words to me that changed my life. She said, want God more than you want anything else. And I I said, what? And she said, want God more than you want anything else. And I, at that very moment, I never realized that I wanted that child. I wanted acceptance. I, I wanted all this other stuff more than my desire for God. So, again, my heart was corrupt from just all the things that have gone, had gone on in my life, from a kid to now to that, that moment. I had a whole lot of stuff that God had to clean up, and so he began to show me my heart and how I needed him. And I needed him to purify me, purify my heart. I had to surrender at that moment. I had to surrender to his lordship. And then when I surrendered, he began to heal me of depression. He began to heal me. I felt like I was becoming unglued. 
fit my fiber guys. You get on camera stuff started happening. I battled seriously. And he began when my I surrendered. It wasn't a I don't even know that it was a complete surrender, but I was I just got to the place like God, I, I don't know what else to do. I can't I can't do no more. I've tried it. I've tried it. I've lost my child. I've 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 gone through so much. I felt like I had gone through so much. I've got to, I, okay. It, it's almost like you, just like with the police. Police say, um, lift your hands, hold your hand, put your hands in the air, and that's that's kind of what I felt like I was doing, because I needed him to heal my heart. So like King David. I believe I said, create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. My spirit was broken. His spirit, he had done so much. There was so much filth and, and, and sin. He, he said, renew. Renew a right spirit. God renewed my spirit. Over time, not just that day. That day, he picked me up. I felt like God, I, you know, in the hands of Christ, I believe that I just rested and I sobbed that day. And I apologized to God and I said, God, I never knew that I wanted something more than you. And even now, there are days, there are times I say, God, forgive me. I may start crying, but God, God, even in our emotions, because our emotions may be, you know, fickle. Our emotions may be not pure. And so our emotions may tell us to cry, so maybe God feels sorry for us. That might have worked with us when we were toddlers. But God wants to purify our hearts. And so that day I said, God, I'm sorry. I didn't know I loved something, someone more than you. And so I know over the years God has purified and is still purifying my heart. Things that I may have felt about myself, I may have thought I wasn't um, good enough or whatever it was, things I may have felt about myself, things I may have felt about somebody else, um, how I viewed my purpose or whatever it was, God had to purify me. Sin, of course, sleeping around, sleeping with my, 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 my husband before he was my husband, sleeping with my boyfriend, all that stuff was, that was that, because I had been raised to, hey, it's just, you go to church and this is, you do, you do what you want to do. You keep doing it. You, God know your heart. Well, yes, he does. That's what, that's what we would hear. God knows my heart. That. Yes, he does. And that should terrify us. Because God also knows. That's why he says, that's why King David said, created me a clean heart. Because God already knows what's in your heart. He already knows that if we plan to do it again. If I say, God, I'm sorry, Lord, I'm sorry, Lord, I'm sorry, Lord, I'm sorry, I'll go do it again. Lord, I'm sorry, Lord, I'm sorry, I'll go, I'll go do it one more time and over and over. Then I'm not coming to him sincerely. So when people say God knows my heart, we ought to be very careful with that phrase because he does. 
even myself, I'm not saying it just to anybody else, but I'm saying to myself as well, when God calls us to live according to his will and his way, and we can't pretend. I remember saying that years ago, I don't want to play with God. And I, and I don't, I believe, like the Old Testament, where people would stand where they stood and they would die. And God would kill them where they stood. But his word is because he knows. He said he knows what, what's in man because he created us. So he promised. He promised that his mercy endures forever. But he wants to purify our hearts, abuse, whatever it is. He wants the things that have caused us to rebel, the things that have caused us to, be, you know, the corruption that have caused us to just go away from God. Can I, can I share this? Can I tell you this? When we say to a, a believer that's trying to tell us about Christ, Many, over the years, many people, and I thank God every day for those people. Every day for those individuals that said to me that God has called on my life, that God is calling me to holiness and righteousness, that God is calling me to live a life set apart. I thank God for those people. I used to be terrified when they would come and talk to me. When I would see people in church and they and the Holy Spirit would come upon them, I would be like, oh, oh, wait, whoa, whoa. I didn't understand it. But can I share something with you? Whenever you're pushing back and getting angry and um, pushing back at the true believers that are coming with the love of Christ to minister to you and to speak the truth of Christ in love, um, we're actually pushing back on God. We're actually saying, God, I don't want, I don't want you. I want, I want what I want. I want to be Lord of my own life. I remember reading this book by A. W. Tozer one couple years ago, and I remember him saying in this book, he said, "What the problem is is that we have to dethrone ourselves and allow Christ to take the throne of our hearts." That transformed my thinking, because as it, am I the Lord of my life? Because if I am, Christ can't be. Somebody has to come up because Christ don't share the throne. He don't share the God don't share his throne. That means that if I have elevated myself to lordship, he he gave me a free will, right? So, hey, he's waiting like King David. He's waiting on, on us to come like King David. I sin. I did it, Lord. Yes, I did it. I did it. But creating me a pure heart and renew your right, all right, spirit, your right spirit within me. I did it. But I need you to fix me. I need you to turn my life around. I need you to transform my life. That's what we're talking about when we say, pure heart. And when that takes place, then we can love from a pure place. Then we can minister to people in love from a pure heart. Because I'm not no longer dealing with rejection. I'm no longer dealing with fear. I'm no longer dealing with uh, lust and fornication or, 
adultery or whatever it is, whatever the sin is, homosexuality, whatever that I have, it has gotten to the place where I fear releasing it because I'm comfortable. Living for Christ has been a choice for my life. Living for Christ and being set apart is always going to make you feel like you don't fit. And you know why? Because you don't. You don't fit in. And we can still live for Christ and love our family, love whoever, and live pure. Because he said, remember Matthew 5 and 8, blessed are the pure in heart. For they shall see God. For they shall behold God. So my heart has to remain pure. My heart has to remain free from corruption free from my corrupt desires, free from um, sin, of, of, of wanting to continually habitually sin against God. I'm just going to do it, you know, free, free from obscenities, free from the filth of the world. That's what it means to create and minister. God, for God to create in us a pure heart and for us to minister from a pure place. Amen. So we want God to give us, creating us a clean heart so that we may see him. We may behold him. We may step into eternity and be awed and drop to our knees in worship because we have looked upon the living one. And we know that he gives us the opportunity. He gives us a choice to choose him. We don't have to choose the world. It looks, it, Satan makes things look good. He does. I know that for a fact for years. He made it look good. Even now in, in, in business, in ministry, in standing for Christ, Satan may make, make something look good, but I have to say, for God I live. And for God I die. And I admonish you to do the same today. So I pray that you heard and that you ask God to create in you a pure heart. If you're a minister, that you may love from a pure heart, that you may minister from a pure heart. If you're a lay member, if you're just a Christian, we're all called to minister. And so God is calling us to a pure heart. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, O oh God, that you, hmm, you are the one that can cleanse us. You are the one that can heal. You are the one that can deliver. You are the one that can set our souls on fire. You are the one, oh God. Hallelujah. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus for each and every one of us that you will burn it all out, oh God, in the name of Jesus. Burn it all out. The word says that your Holy Spirit is like fire 
Shut up in our bones. So, Father, I pray that you will burn out every iniquity. Burn it all out and leave only you. Hallelujah. That our lives be transformed, oh God, and that we be set on fire for Christ. Father, I pray that as ministers, as leaders, as um, of lay members, wherever you send us, oh God, that we would have a pure heart, that we would see your creation the way you see them, God, that we would love people the way you love them, oh God, that you would love them through us, oh God, but only we have to bring our heart and surrender our thoughts and everything. Your word says, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. So, Father, I pray that you would renew our minds, that we would surrender our minds, our thoughts, our will, and our imagination to you, dear Father, that you would create in us a clean and pure heart that we may worship you, worship you through ministry, worship you through writing, worship you through singing, worship you wherever we are, that we may worship you in spirit and in truth. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you all for tuning in to Hope in Christ with Denise. Here on Kingdom Influences Broadcast, remember that it Hope in Christ, but at Hope in Christ Ministries, we are a healthy overcomers' purpose and maintain an eternal perspective as we seek our true identity in Christ Jesus alone, for that is where we find it. In Jesus' name, thank you all for tuning in. Have a wonderful, amazing week.